Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Let me surprise you, Tom, but the company wasn't doing well at this point, and they're, and they're losing their audience. <laughs> it may surprise you, Tom, but the company's on its ass at this point. <laughs> McManakin, the British Bulldog, is part of the new generation. You may all bow before D. Raymond. Here it comes, here comes the Jackknife. On lives the new generation and the World Wrestling Federation. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw review as the other Cultaholic lads are still reeling from AE Dub Dub or nothing. We are here via our Ica Pro powered DeLorean where we have double of nothing during the new generation era of Monday Night Raw. Who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, former Cultaholic heavyweight champion, the advocate to Pablo, Tom Campbell. I'm with the bear in the big blue bar cage, the head pen of Cultaholic, the man who does not need a pencil because he gets it right every time. It's Titan Shrugged. It's Justin Henry. And he is from off of America on Memorial Day when we're recording this. You know, it's, you know it is quite appropriate that you say double of nothing because 1995 WWF feels like a, it, it, it's just a whole year of multiplying by zero. It's amazing, isn't it? I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. We have decided uh, to just talk about Double or Nothing today. <laughs> Literally before we started recording. Oh, we should. We just talk about Double or Nothing, mate. It was good, wasn't it? It was I a good night. Loved it. It's just the PWI fans back at the wrestling. I was, I was, I was going to say PWI awards every year have a thing called Comeback of the Year. It's, it's usually for wrestlers who come out of retirement or just people who've been positively rejuvenated. I think 2021 should go to the AEW fan base. Oh, yeah. The ones that go to the shows. Not 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 AEW fan 92 on Twitter who keeps shouting at me. But not him. <laughs> or her. I don't know. But the fans in the in the arena were just oh they were great. It just it, it, you know what? I, I'm I'm not ashamed to say it. Got a little bit emotional seeing people back at a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. It felt like, oh, give me all the warm and fuzzies. Did it do the same to you, Justin? Oh, it was, um, I wouldn't say it was overwhelming, but it was just, it was a welcome sight. You know, just to hear the volume, this, this see just everyone enjoying themselves. It was just a, it was just a fun night from top to bottom. I mean, me personally, I was, I was just happy to see Sting doing high spots. Oh, yeah, Sting diving off the off the ramp like it was 1995 all over again it was great sting proper back in 
back in time on that. I was that was good. Was that your was that your moment of the night? Probably that. But just was... the shock of seeing my cousin Mark show up, uh, announced as the head new new commentator on Rampage. <laughs> and you know he's telling the truth, your cousin Mark, because he wasn't wearing a salmon jacket. If he was wearing a salmon jacket, it would have been a lie. <laughs> it was. Um... Yeah, it was just, I mean, AEW shows never disappoint me for the most part. So, but it was, I think it was appropriate that it ended with Stadium Stampede. Because to me, to me, the pandemic era was the cinematic era. And I think that's how you go out with one last cinematic match before you get back to normal. Yeah, I think in terms of... Like on paper, what should for me? I thought the the three way between Pac, Cassidy, and Omega was the match of the night. Sensational, just perfectly played. Like you know when when Alex the Good Lady stays up late and she wakes up in time for this match, and even Alex is captivated by like the three players in this one. Like that's when you know when like the casual fans are like, "This is good. They're they're working well." And then you, it kind of felt. Like I think because I was so pumped from that three-way dance, I think then the stadium stampede brought it back a little bit. But what you said is true, and what a lot of other people said is true, is that, you know, could that show have ended any other way than everybody singing Judas? Probably not now I think about it, you know? Not ju- and not just that, but the fact that the inner circle has been like one of the constants in AEW since, since, the first, since Dynamite first went on the air. Yeah. Maybe- you're getting back to what you had before. Now you have the inner circle, and now everybody's happy to see them. They were the, they, they were the evil brutes uh, over a year ago, and now they're just it's like everything's normal. Here's the inner circle. They're all banded together. They're all giving their finger to the camera at once. But now we're happy to see it, and we're all yeah. Singing. Now 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 we like it. <laughs> now we're all singing Judas's one. It was uh, it was a really good night, a really good night. Graydon fails on the YouTube channel right now. Do check those out. But it was just a just a fun night of wrestling. I just had a lovely time with it. And uh, let's let let's bring it back to uh, a more yes. steady keel. Well enough fun. <laughs> let's stop having fun, Justin. We've had too much fun. Let's go back to the new generation era in 1995. If this is the first time you have joined us, strap on in, Betty. Because we are back in the middle of the 90s, where the wrestling world is not in the greatest of shape, particularly on the World Wrestling Federation side. There is a boom coming, but the boom is barely a fizzle at this point. And we are chronologically critiquing, thank you, OSW Review, every single episode of Monday Night Raw from its very beginning in 93 to where we are now and where we will continue to go. Before we throw it to Justin Henry, who will talk us through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw, and we'll have some wry witty banter as we go. Uh, I'm going to give you a little overlay of the wrestling world in this particular week, courtesy of uh, the Wrestling Observer newsletter. WWF have got the lawsuit, uh, the lawsuit book out there, throwing the book at Matt Osborne this week. Justin, do you remember this happening? Vaguely. I assume they took issue with uh, him portraying Doink the Clown on the independent scene. They did indeed. Uh, Matt Osborne is being sued by the WWF for his portrayal of Doink the Clown. Titan is asking a federal judge to order Osborne uh, to stop using the Doink name and gimmick on independent shows. If they could stop wrestlers in 2021 using Doink on independent shows as well, that would be amazing because believe it or not, that still happens. Can you imagine being the judge that has to put up with us? (laughs) He's being a clown 
But he's our clown. Tell him not to be a clown. <laughs> not even like a fun insider trading case. <laughs> like, like something that you find in like a John Grisham novel. No, nothing of that sort. No, no, no. It's he can't play a clown because we invented the clown and we have a different clown. Now, at this point, um, I'm, I'm Googling it, but but the Justin Henry brain is faster than any Ask Jeeves. We call it Ask Justin. Was Born Again happening at this point? Is that why that was the WWE got their knickers actually, in a twist? He, was, he did that in ECW in 94. Right. So now he's just basically going, I'm going to be doing the clown at wrestling shows. Yeah. And if I'm Vince, I just say, great. <laughs> Have fun with that. Like, I, I, I want to see that. If I portray like Aldo Montoya at an independent show, would they sue me? <laughs> I would love you to try. <laughs> <laughs> I went to um I, I I went to to school with a guy who ended up doing stuff at, for wrestling shows in the area I grew up in, and he on one show portrayed himself his character like he's like a southern wrestling character, but also on the poster he advertised Doink the Clown himself dresses like the clown and wwe hall of famer kim chi now and <laughs> i have some issues with that mate i i i'd love to hear him all right well number one kim chi i don't believe he's in the hall of fame unless i don't know maybe like um you said a hall of fame surely i mean maybe like wrestle crap hall of fame perhaps one time like tolly blanchard played him or something or maybe someone else in the hall of fame like Freddie Blassie or maybe Snoop Dogg. I don't know. I think Mark Henry played him once. Oh, yeah. That's why I'm that's like, <laughs> like, God damn, Kim Chi's strong. <laughs> but this is the same guy. And, and on the post, that was the, the Sam the post, mask, was... by the way. When he had the, <laughs> the Sam Color Pith hat. <laughs> if it's salmon you know it's bullshit um <laughs> it was on the the poster was naughty because the poster had pictures of matt oz matt matt osborne as doink wow. and the kimchi that he cut out of a magazine he for like the actual poster come on now he's a busy man <laughs> he's too busy looking for the outfit this was the same company that put on not the undertaker versus kane no no they put on the grave digger versus the red machine in a coffin match <laughs> i think we talked about this on a previous show but it's so good i have to bring it up again is there a video anywhere because I, I gotta see this mate i've searched high and low for a video I've, i think the only clips i found is of a guy that was playing a like a, a tribute bret hart and they re they did the whole they did a little video of Brett, go get him, champ. But it's really badly done, and it and it brings in my saddest hour, in my saddest hours when the when the light is fading, that brings me deep joy every time. <laughs> we need a YouTube channel called "Should Have Stayed Hidden Gems." <laughs> yeah, put these gems back in the ground immediately. <laughs> From opening a court case to opening a school, Jim Helwig is going to teach people to wrestle. He's starting up a school in Scottsdale, Arizona. According to Dave, from Das Observer, Helwig has gained the rights to use the name Ultimate Warrior once again because the brochure says the school is, quote, owned and operated by WWF superstar Ultimate Warrior. Uh, the quotes from the brochure, Dave has plucked the brochure for us here. Fact, in 1975, I entered the world of pro wrestling knowing nothing of it and no one via a camp taught me by a relative unknown. 
1992, I retired a multi-millionaire. Fact. Success in pro wrestling depends more on desire, unique individuality, and entertainment ability than it does on technical wrestling knowledge. Call this number now. <laughs> so, hey, you don't need to know how to wrestle, but come give me some money and I'll teach you how to wrestle. I have a lot of issues with what you just read me there. <laughs> This is the brochure for Ultimate Warriors Wrestling School. <laughs> Who the hell wrote it's that? Amazing. Did Warrior write that himself? Of course he did. That, it's just it's lacking a couple of distrusities for my liking, but oh. I think that's that's very much Big Jim's wording. I don't think he sources work there. <laughs> so, uh, do do we did this go anywhere? The Warrior Wrestling School did this become a thing? I don't think there were any notable students, as far as I know. No, I can't think of anybody that, that that was taught the ways of the distrusity. I know they promoted oh, it on um the, on WWF TV a, a time or two in '96 when he when he makes his comeback. So they get uh, oh yes because they yes because he does those bits to camera doesn't he where he where he talks about the Warrior Academy I'm sure he does Warrior Academy uh, that sounds like <laughs> it's like Crossy's Clown College. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, splicey, splicey. Uh, uh, we're gonna go around the room, and you tell me where you're from. Just picture Homer like the face paint and the tassels. Uh, Texas, uh, Brooklyn, New, New Hampshire, Homer. Today I will teach you how to fly a plane. Tear down the cockpit doors. <laughs> I will kill you both, unless you both do this shoulder tackle uh, together. <laughs> I hope this school was open at some point. I'm seeing double here. Four warriors. <laughs> <laughs> right. All I want now One is, other... is, Homer the host of, is Homer the host of Cable Ace and we're dressed as the ultimate warrior. John? John! <laughs> and, and a warrior tells off Dick Cavett. <laughs> You're gonna be having dinner with Croucho tonight. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. I've got one other I've got one other story from this week. There's only a couple of things this week, but oh this this one, right? If you if you loved if you loved the doink stuff, I didn't. if you love Warriors Wrestling these are these are mere amuse bushes for the main course of utter bollocks in the observer this week. This is the main course. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, on the 1st, on the 7th of July, no, on the 1st of July, oh, Americans' dates are wrong way around. On the 1st of July, in Elizabethton, Tennessee, if I pronounce that correct. Elizabethton, Elizabethtown, <clears throat> something along those lines. Uh, okay. A funny incident occurred involving one Bubba Rogers. Although, as you'll later see, not Bubba Rogers. <laughs> Okay. On posters advertising an indie show under the banner of All Pro Wrestling, it said that, quote, WCW superstar Big Bubba Rogers would appear on the show. Before the mat first match, a guy who looked a lot like Bubba Rogers came out and was signing autographs under that name. <laughs> when the matches began, he and a friend who came to the building with him began heckling the matches unmercifully, laughing at their missed moves, yelling, you suck, or learn to take a bump right. 
After the third match, several of the wrestlers confronted the guy and began to question if he was really Ray Trailer and demanded proof. Bubba Rogers left the building and jumped into a waiting car and drove away. Two local cops went after him. Later in the show, the cops came back with the guy. The ring announcer told the two wrestlers in the ring at the time to, quote, end the match loud enough for everyone to hear, and they immediately did a finishing sequence. The cops then forced the fake Bubba Rogers to apologise for trying to pass himself off as Bubba Rogers. Apparently, the promoter had made a deal with him to not press charges in return for a public apology over the house mic. Please tell me that one of the cops arrested him as the actual big boss, man. <laughs> I w- Oh, I hope so. I'm That's seeing double here. Is- Two fake boss men. <laughs> so we have Doink impersonators, we have warrior creating warriors, War- and we have fake boss men. <laughs> And the kimchi. Can't forget about kimchi. Mother effers acting like you forgot about chi. Um, <laughs> but this is, this is amazing. I love, I just love the idea that this nutter woke up <laughs> that morning and went, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pretend to be Big Bubba Rogers, formerly the Big Boss. Well, apparently he has a passing resemblance. So, well, it's probably good that he picked him and didn't pick, I don't know, like, say, Ricky Morton or something. Doink the Clown. Well, see, that's a little easier because you, know, you, you are concealed when you're doink. Like, 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 here I am. I'm the one, two, three kid. Just a 300 pound guy in a singlet. <laughs> I just, I love the fact, okay, yeah, you can look like him and that's fine, but I love the idea that, like, the the other wrestlers are getting close going, we don't think you are, Bubba Rogers. Who's his opponent? Even colder Mike Austin? <laughs> the smoke? <laughs> Dick Foley? Dick Foley. <laughs> you have a battle royal Kimchi- at one of Joey Janela's shows of, of, of just imper- wrestler impersonators. Oh, I am I am desperate. I am desperate for a a revival of the UK tribute show scene. <laughs> One warrior nation oh. can wrestle. Well, he can't wrestle. Yeah, he can, he can try to wrestle. <laughs> I I I want that so bad, so bad. I want the return of UK Undertaker and UK Kane, and and the UK Rock. I want them all back. the The world needs it now more than ever. If they could find the guys who played Huckster and Nacho Man, that'd be even better. Oh, I hope they're still with us. I hope they're still. I think it's a documentary to be made on that scene. Have CV after the tribute. <laughs> just whatever you can get. Who would you want to play? Because I'm just thinking about it. We're gonna have a budget, so we're gonna have to probably just, get involved ourselves. I mean, I'm thinking just people who've already like done something in the past. There's like it's like the history of impersonators. Okay, I might be um, I might be Joe DeHill. <laughs> Mm, I don't know, man. I can't think of another wrestler. Like, oh, I tell you, I tell you, I'll be. I tell you, I'll be. I'll be Mark Davis from Aussie Open. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Mark Davis from Aussie Open, I'm going to blow your mind with a with a little picture that I'm going to send your way uh, right now. I think which which one will do the best justice? Uh, I think that one. <laughs> Yes, that one indeed. Check your uh, Facebook Messenger. That's who I'm going to tribute act as, is Mark Davis from Aussie Open. 
Oh, that's like if you if you did if you, if you did seven years of hard labor. <laughs> that's a tough paper round that he's been on. He's about five years younger than me. That's a tough paper round, isn't it? I ain't messing with that dude. He's massive as well. Jesus. I watched him take five chops off of Alter. I bought him a drink after. I'm like, mate, god damn. Bless you. I'll just wrestle <laughs> I'll just wrestle as honey I shrunk Jake Hager. <laughs> Bite-sized Jake Hager. I can even do this the, the, the Jack Swagger WF entrance, although I, 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 I feel foolish doing so. <laughs> Just stand on the stand on the apron and go. What's that French French cries? <laughs> do that. Just, just unblinking. We the people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stupid idea from dumb creative. <laughs> oh yeah, the big hurt. What a treat. <laughs> So, where and when are we this week for Monday Night Raw, Justin Henry? Well, we're still in Danville. <laughs> Home of what was it? What was it the the, the freaking QWERTY keyboard? The QWERTY keyboard was invented in Danville. Incidentally, before we go into this, I've just remembered this. I had a message on Instagram that I have to read out. Uh, I'm going to dig it up now. Okay, this comes from... El Destructo 83. Wow, the 83 says, El Destructo. I know. Imagine how shit the other 82 were. Um, <laughs> uh, hi, Tom and Justin. I don't have a Twitter, so I'm reaching out here about your Raw podcast. I used to live about 10 minutes away from Danville, PA, in the lovely college town of Bloomsburg. As I recall, the taping was in the Danville High School. Danville is in a part of PA where you can go through three different little townships in a five-minute drive down a single road. It's located in the lovely Pocono Mountains. And unless you're Pocono. into outdoor sports, Pocono. Oh, yeah, Pocono. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the famous uh, Disney film Pocono Hauntis. Um, Pocono Mountains. And unless you're into outdoor sports, religion, or casual racism, there is very, very little to do. I don't think there will be 10 things to see in Danville if you started that list at the dawn of time. Good thing I moved to this lovely island you call a home three years ago and am now one of your podcast downloads in foggy London town. Anyway, adore the podcasts. Keep up the good worth both from Curtis. Hmm. Thank you, Curtis. I had a feeling it was probably a high school. Was I, I, did, I did see some um, illegible banners on the wall. Perfectly like sports achievements and stuff like, um, you know, world champion lacrosse or or like regional lacrosse or on a regional badminton or something. Not the disparity. Best, jog like... best geography teacher, best bum award. That sort of thing. <laughs> Won the belching contest at work. <laughs> well, there you go. Some fun factoids about Danville. Thank you to Curtis El Destructo, the 83rd. Not the Thank you very much. I mean, not the disparity athletic achievement of these of the high school students of Danville. I'm sure there's... I'm sure many of fine athletes pass through that school that is more athletic than you or I, so. Well, apparently there's three little townships, so chances are a lot of people have passed through Dunville with three little townships. <laughs> yeah, the, near the gorgeous Pocono Mountains. Yes, the welcome to, and you are now leaving signer on the same pole. <laughs> Hi and bye in that order. <laughs> so, uh, we're still in Danville. Uh Take us through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Must I? Justin Henry off of America. Yes, you must. You are contractually obligated to do so. Remember I, what it says? Until one of us is dead. I don't recall signing anything. What am I, a boxer uh, from were, the 50s? 
<laughs> you signed it when we went to that drive-through wedding. Oh, in gotcha. <laughs> I'll sign it. I do. <laughs> so let's see. We start out with some. Test was livid. <laughs> we start with some footage from last week of of the shenanigans between Salvio and Jarrett for the Intercontinental Title. We see Sean getting involved. He's clearly the star of this segment. Vince is really gushing about Sean in this segment. Like, but wait, there's more in all perfect hyperbolic fashion. Because not only tonight are we going to get more on this whole Sean situation, but we have Bam Bam Bigelow versus Psycho Sid. And this is how Vince promotes this match. He says the following sentence that I had to transcribe word for word. Will Sid chicken out? If so, we hope you like your chicken crispy. <laughs> so let me um, let me see if I have this straight now. We are promoting a pay per view, in which big scary Sid Vicious, Psycho Sid, Sid Justice, is challenging for the world title. He is the biggest heel you have in terms of size and intimidation and presumably credibility. Mm-hmm. The booking for this match is, is Sid a coward? They are so desperate to make sure there is no redeemable points about Sid that they are burying him in the build to this match. It's so bad. Well, I mean, I mean that that's why I went to see Dark Knight all those years ago was to see Joker run away from Batman and just cower in fear in the, for the entire movie. It's and I think we we it's that exactly because if they because the the whole point of any film like joke like Batman and and you know and the the, the Batman Joker dichotomy is there's the jeopardy that the goody might lose and I think Vince just seems so fragile about not giving fans any reason to not get behind big daddy cool well, uh, it's just a bit embarrassing. Well, Vince has the alpha mindset where the hero can't look weak at all. Because it's like, well, I wouldn't look weak because I'm a hero. That's how Vince sees himself. So Diesel can't look weak because he's a hero. Baby faces are his avatars. But that's how you sell anything. It's just, it's so funny how he loses that perspective so often. Like with Drew, like Drew McIntyre is a bit like that. Drew's doing it in a much cooler way. But Drew rarely looks weak well, on he television. It's very rarely a moment where he looks like he's beaten well there's they're stacking the odds against a strong baby face and, and then there's the uh, the way of these where he's like my elbow hurts and now i'm sad <laughs> so it's like, it's like there's middle ground can you find it there's loads so much but no you have to go to the edges okay you don't want to just walk a little bit into the middle of the field because there's loads of no we're going straight to the other edge oh okay right they're all cowards except diesel who's a crying sad man by the way speaking of, Bat of batman and joker and such I had to point out, in American Psycho, in the Huey Lewis scene, the Batman does kill Joker. Oh! I did not know this. I bet you didn't realize that. No. That's news to me. Well, because Christian Bale killed Jared Leto. Yeah! I, I see where you were going with that. Mm. I see where you were going with that. There you go. Couldn't kill him in Dark Knight, but he killed him in American Psycho. Killed him in American Psycho. Hey, Paul! <laughs> we didn't wrestle like that. Well, Cody was kind of like that when he was, um, you know, the dashing guy with the uh, the, the paper bag masks and the uh, don't look at me, I'm hideous 
aspect of it. He was kind of- I I like that. I like that bit of story. Can I can I ask you? Can I ask you as a as yeah. as a as a proud American? I see where this is going. Yes, you know, double or nothing. Yes, right. Did you feel like the Cody Rhodes American hero thing was a little bit of an over-egged pudding? Mm, yeah, I, I do see that. It was. I just think when they, they trotted out like army dogs and thanks to the veterans before bringing out Cody dressed as like a superhero, Mr. Americana forever. It, I thought they were just very, it was very thickly laid on. I wasn't as angry about it as a lot. I, I, I wasn't angry about it. I just saw it for what it was. It was a vanity project. Cody wanted to mm. honor his father, which is cool. Yeah. And it was just, it was a mid-card storyline working with a guy that they see something in. So ultimately, I th- it wasn't the main focus of the show. I thought it was harmless. I think because there was such a, a fever pitch over here for Anthony Agogo, who was doing, who was, do- who was doing these these anti-American promos, and and over here were like, yeah, he's right. How is he the baddie? And yeah. just the idea that Agogo was, I put, I willed it into the universe. I admit, I love the idea of both wrestlers getting these big bombastic entrances at Double or Nothing, like anthems, tears, crowd cheers forever, bell sounds, ding ding, one gut punch from Agogo. One, two, three. I thought Agogo was going to win. I thought it was going to be Drago versus Apollo Creed. Oh, man. I don't know. It, well, oh, it wasn't amazing. So I just see it for what it was. It was just like, all right, Cody, you know, middle of the show, you can get your stuff in. You honor your father, honor your country. All good. Wrestling's not coming home. Gareth Southgate out. <laughs> and, well, it's, hey, our men haven't won a World Cup in a long time either. Actually, never. But, it's, but, but, like, you, but, like, but like you, it's been a long time. So we have, we have that yeah, in common. We just... We just needed we just needed wrestling to come home last night. <laughs> it's coming home. It's just everybody going. It's coming home. It felt like it felt like the 2018 World Cup over here. We had a go go with sizing up Cody. It's coming home. It's coming home. Yep. It's oh he's lost. After the Cody, after the Cody win, if if if, if Orange Cassidy wouldn't butt by pinning Pac, I would have laughed even harder. Knowing that attitude. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter because. It doesn't matter because apparently Pac's from Wales now, according to JR. He apologized. He he apologized. (laughs) I know. It did make me chuckle, though. (laughs) Pac being from Wales. Boy, all. Probably no one's more offended than Pac himself. (laughs) (laughs) Wait till Pac is. He's going to be livid. He's going to rip JR's face off. So after that, um, after this opening bit, we have, we're still getting all philosophical. Bigelow shows some legit fire. I mean, legit fire. He's, fire sparkles out of, out of his wristband thing. Hey, Lawler's back. Like and he's still swigging mouthwash because apparently his feet were just that dirty. <laughs> why are they still milking this? Oh, I know why, oh. actually. I don't know why I'm We'll get to it. Oh, and meanwhile, we got Bigelow sitting tonight as established. Mercy makes his debut. Looking forward to that because we get to talk about a certain somebody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But first, we open with the returning one-two-three kid who almost had a career-ending neck injury. He says he takes on Mike Bell, one of the perennial enhancement talents on this show in this period. Bell's got this odd red striped uh, little number on. Very slimming. He looks like a, he looks like a sweet. He looks like a mint imperial. <laughs> exactly. He looks like one of those um, like a humbug, like, like one of your grandmother's candies that she has in a dish on the on the coffee room table, living room table. <laughs> John, <laughs> keep up Mike Bell in a sweet jar, please. 
I gotta say, for for hour two of a TV taping, crowd's hot for Kid. Because he hits different, like literally and figuratively, mm-hmm. he hits different. Like he's there is such a, a an energy and a, and a vibrance mm-hmm. about one two three kid during this time. Like I just think there must have been part of the, mm-hmm. uh, there must have been a little groundswell for him to be in the world title picture. But obviously he's too small. Blah, 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 blah. But um, there must have been a little groundswell for him to get more because he's so good. Well, I I, I gotta say, uh, kid was the best part of Mania thirty seven this year. That backstage thing with Bailey. <laughs> yeah. It's like all of them had oh. all of them are, are just doing this really rote thing where they're just uh like, oh, we're not hanging out with Bailey. And Kid's just like, Hey, listen, I'm a fan of yours, so I appreciate that. Like, yeah, he, he can't help but just shoot a little bit. He had to get I it love in. him. That was cool. I love I love him. I love him. Did I tell you the story that he told me? Um that he was approached and they said, Do you want the red hot chili peppers to do your theme music for X Factor? Really? And yeah, they said, Shane said, do you want Red Hot Chili Peppers? To, you know, we, we, we're thinking of getting them in to do a the theme tune for your new band X, to your new faction, X Factor. To which Sean Walpole went, no, I want Uncle Cracker. <laughs> so it was X-Pac that did it. <laughs> he turned and, down the chilies. And this is why Anthony Kytus goes to UFC events and not WWE events. <laughs> But that's my Uncle Cracker made four albums. Because <laughs> yeah, he got everything he ever wanted. And he never gave it back. Exactly. <laughs> so, kids back after after this horrific injury he sustained, I believe, over in Germany working with Hakushi. Um, he's taken to the air like usual, though. No, no sign of wear and tear whatsoever. Then we get... like I'm trying to enjoy this 1-2-3 kid match because I want to watch Sean Waltman wrestle. Vince is going. This is a thread through the night. Vince keeps remarking about Lawler's bad breath, because we can't have good things. <laughs> we can't have good things at all. And Vince is going on and on about Lawler's breath being rank, and he starts. And Vince proceeds to sing during this match. <laughs> you remember this? Part? Oh God! Yummy, yummy, yummy! I've got toe jam in my tummy. Yeah, toes in my tummy because he's. Vince thinks he's really witty, like he like he's gonna score a home run with the kids out there who want to bop. He thinks he's bloody hilarious, doesn't he? As Vince has Mr. Burns' grasp of pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> Vince is like, I need some ringers. Get me Freddie Blassie, Killer Kowalski, and Vince is starting to guys from the pet. Um, Vince, don't they've all passed on? <laughs> so kid is not finished with anything super high flying though. He finishes with a spin heel kick and then a Dandina cradle. But that's different. That hits different to to a lot of which is a lot of guys whose moves are like power slam variants and then a three. Uh, like not... this is the fact that he does a crack over a spin kick and then a, a nice unique cradle. Well, uh, 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 I'm not uh, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying that not as aerodynamic because he's probably being a little careful at this point. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. You are correct. He's been a little bit more cautious. No moonsault. And, and what's gr- no cannibal sent no. no. But what's great is he's he's still a highlight on this show. Yeah, because he, he's still energetic. He moves so well. He he's got a unique style. So he of course is going to hit differently, as as you say. Hmm. We go into the in your house two report. I wrote in my notes. Todd's better than Adnan at least. Yes, mark <laughs> that down. I I praise Todd. <laughs> Ah, oh, he lasted longer than Adnan as well. <laughs> and he's doing in your house this year, so he's uh 
Hey, I just remember, like, like a time of recording. We're a couple of hours away from uh, New Boy's first night on Raw. Jimmy Smith? Yeah, Jimmy Smith is, is a really good MMA announcer, so I can't wait to see how they screw him up. No, oh, I'm. I feel really sad. I feel like they put WWE have a have a lovely tendency of putting round pegs in square holes. Oh, I'll, and I'll say this: I'm scared. He's more of an analyst. He, like he should be like a color commentator because he he mm. analyzes like technique and he an, analyzes strategy. So for him to be the man who calls everything while Graves and Saxon provide the analysis, that's gonna be an interesting dynamic. I mean, he doesn't have enough of the... I mean, yeah, obviously he has the, the technical in-ring knowledge in terms of, like, moves and effectiveness that they have. But we all know that Vince doesn't like the commentators talking about the moves. They yeah. want the commentators to talk about the story. So I'm actually all right with Jimmy not leading the storyline bit right now because he probably doesn't have the knowledge of the storyline stuff just yet. I would just make Byron the primary and make Jimmy Smith one of the uh, analysts. Yeah, like Corey, that'd be fine. Like Corey being the antagonist and let Jimmy Smith, like, in sort of, in sort of, in sort of a Mike Tanay WCW way, just kind of provide insight. Yeah, I like it. I like it. But they won't do it that way, of course. By now, you know how it went. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm wrong, let me know. Mm -hmm. So the love the In Your House report. Yes, In Your House report. Todd has the balls to say that the first In Your House was tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> The lion, the witch, the audacity of this bitch. Did he not watch? <laughs> Did he not watch in your house one? Former Raiders owner Al Davis once called once called reporter Chris Mortensen a professional liar, and that's what I'm calling Todd Pentago <laughs> here a professional liar. I think that's what it says on his LinkedIn for this entire run. That might. Uh, I think the only way he could have got away with this without committing any real uh, lies would have just been say, in your house has been described as an event that happened <laughs> the other month. People remember in your house. <laughs> has a wrestling show <laughs> featured matches. Some people say the first in your house was, was a crummy waste of time. <laughs> anyway, on with this report. <laughs> Now, if he said something in your house was better than King of the Ring, I would have said, yes, everybody was better than King of the Ring. <laughs> People just can't decide between in your house and King of the Ring. Decide what? It doesn't matter. In your house, too. <laughs> Coming up next month. And we have we have a little bit of a card fleshed out here. Which we, we had the world title match, Diesel versus Sid. Diesel finds, has a better graphic where he finds the lens in his render. <laughs> Which is good, instead of staring off into the void like he's posing for an album cover. <laughs> now it's a lumberjack match so, so that the big coward Sid can't run away. <laughs> well, but they get the handpicker lumberjacks. So Sid so far has chosen IRS, comma, okay, corporation members. Yeah. Eli and Jacob Blue, who are not corporation members, and King Mabel. But they're, but they're all big lads. They are. And King Mabel, who was not a corporation member, it's like we're we're, we're Volkov and Tatanka like uh, in, in Tahiti or something on vacation. They just couldn't ask him yet. Like, shouldn't you like choose all your own guys first, and make sure they're all squared up? Maybe, maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't feel like Tatanka would be up for a lumberjack match. Maybe they they thought he might be upset to be involved in it. Maybe Volkov's holding out. <laughs> He's waiting for the money to be right. Exactly. Diesel, meanwhile, has chosen. Adam Bomb. That's the first one they named, which made me happy for some reason. 
Yay, because bomb in the main event. Main event bomb. Main event bomb. Yeah. How about main event has bombed? I've seen a few of those. <laughs> oh. Razor. Makes sense. Click. Savio Vega. And the smoking guns. <laughs> I think Sid's picked better lumberjacks. He may have. I don't know, man. I mean... I like how they're making a fuss of the lumberjacks rather than just chucking randomers and or zombies out there. Mm. I like that there's like a process to choosing the lumberjacks. Mm. I mean, and I'm assuming because like Sid's picked some and Diesel's picked some, they're on their side, like they're their own designated lumberjacks. Yes, Sid's going to try to knock Diesel to the floor and, and his guys are trying to beat him up. Like, like, right. like the heels always go easier on their own guy. When he gets knocked to the floor, they always back away with their hands up and just let him... Have some space. But but if the heel falls out on the babyface side, they're just going to pound on him and then throw him back in, and vice versa. Could could Diesel have hired King Mabel, even though Mabel's a heel? No, because they have different locker rooms. There's a face locker room and a heel locker room. Of course. They don't ride together unless you're Jim Duggan, Iron Sheik, and a big bag of ganj. <laughs> it's like West Side Story. <laughs> Except some guys going to be some trouble tonight. <laughs> <laughs> a very royal rumble. That's right. Oh, yes. I haven't thought about that in years. You're welcome for that. Delighted. We get some We get some footage of Jeff Jarrett demanding a match with Sean last week because the show cut off to the very end before we could see that. Jarrett wants a title match. So Sean, being the guy who doesn't take anybody seriously, he's like Orange Cassidy but more lively, fastens the belt around his own waist while Jarrett sieves. Then Jarrett gets super kicked. So now we get to see the match where Sean does all of this, <laughs> but, in, but in the confines of a bell-to-bell situation. Sounds good. It'd be a good match. Oh, it is. It, it will be a good match. We get um, another match looks pretty good. Um, the Road Dog versus X Pac. I mean, the Roadie versus the One Two Three Kid. Ah, oh, yeah. It's just great because we've just watched that match as part of SummerSlam 2000 on the classic SmackDown review. The parallels. Oh. And tag title match: Owen Hart and Yokozuna versus the Allied Powers. Who have done a fat load of nothing to earn this title shot. <laughs> they didn't even ride a bus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How is Luger getting a title shot without even once getting on a bus? Yeah, I mean, where's Bulldog's bus? <gasps> Can they have little buses that drive either side? Boy, if he's a dog, wouldn't he have the van from Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> John, what would that look like? <laughs> Cop pulls him over, there's bottles full of piss on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> nothing sir <laughs> it's, he hands him the, hand me hand me the bottle <laughs> hand me the bottle no. and it's just it's fizzing <laughs> it's, it's, it's not it's not actually the cop it's the Bubba Roger guy impersonating Big Boss Man on a motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> your piss is rubbish <laughs> I just want Bulldog and Luger to wear the lavender and orange suit and top hats from the from the um, ball later in the night. Oh, John. That's just as good as money. Those are IOUs. <laughs> There's one here from an Eve Bishop. Oh, no, ignore that. Ignore that. That's, that's, that's mine. It's, ignore that. Wow. I think we got away with it, Dave. Yeah, I gotta say, this is not a bad show on paper. This is in your house. 
Oh, yeah, and do you know what? All, all jokes aside about the Ally Powers versus Yoko and Owen, it's an obvious matchup. Mm. Beefy tag match. Some uh, Rody and Pac will have the the wrestling match. Icy title will be fun. Scaredy Cat Sid <laughs> will face his fears. It looks better than King of the Ring, but the bar is so low right now that a child could step over it. Yeah, it's. Uh... Uh, speaking of scary cat, you remind me of something amazing. I'm, I'm gonna show you the best far side comic of all time. Why? Oh, okay. Well, I lead off. It's the image that makes it. So, while I go into the next part, I'll, I'll, I'll let you laugh at this. Okay. Oh, okay. So we go to the Jarrett music video at long last. Yay! Uh, this has been it's been teased for almost two years now that Jeff Jarrett can can he sing? Can he not sing? Well, this video is going to... I sent it, by the way. This video is going to serve as proof of that. And uh, it's the With My Baby Tonight video. And I gotta say, it's a really good video. Professionally produced. Feels like an authentic mm -hmm. country song. Although, and with the benefit of hindsight, we know whose voice this actually is. some facts about the song yeah, sure absolutely uh it was bruce pritchard and pat patterson's idea okay to have jeff jarrett and this whole singing thing because they heard brian james singing and were like we've got an idea we want to have you know jeff jarrett making money off brian james lip syncing his voice and then you can get caught out and all that stuff and it was based on the fact that around the same time there were rumors from uh, E.T. from Entertainment Tonight that Dolly Parton was lip syncing at live shows. So there was a little bit of a topicality to it that because like Dolly was in the news for Entertainment Tonight for potentially lip syncing, well, that, they were doing a little bit of a country thing as well. Isn't that common practice for like major stars to like record something earlier? Oh and, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's but I thought the big thing was like was Millie Vanilli, the fact that they didn't actually sing their own songs. I thought that I, thought, I, think... I, think, I think that was the big thing. <laughs> I think it's more like at big of at big like live shows you expect the artist to sing. Yeah. Like if it was on like a TV show, then you kind of expect them to lip sync. But like at a live show, you pay money to go and see. I want to hear the I want to hear the pipes working. But the fact that you know Jared's an outright fraud that he's using somebody else's voice altogether is going to be the big heel the big heel element of this. Exactly. Ultimately, uh, Jim Jim Johnston was interviewed. Uh, in in 2019 for the podcast Total Engagement. Mm -hmm. He wrote the song and it's a love letter to his wife. Wow. Isn't that lovely? Because, uh, cause, you know, he works long hours and he doesn't get to spend much time with her. They have these like little captured one night or two nights a week because he's always doing stuff. And the song was dedicated to her. Isn't that gorgeous? So, it, so it, it's a country version of Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. 
<laughs> essentially. <laughs> also, uh, in Indiana, uh, a local country station uh, had a DJ on who loved this song. He's a wrestling geek and he loved this song. And uh, one night he played this song. And, and from then on, for about two weeks, it became the most requested song on the station, apparently. Because he played this song on this country station. They loved it. It did the rounds. So it actually got a little bit of traction within the country music scene. Like, I'm no country fan, but I got to say, that's a really good song. Like, it's, it, 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 it feels like an authentic country song you would hear on the radio. Mmm. It does. It works. It works for the whole bit. I think it's good. So credit words do. I mean, it's this had a mix of a good angle, but as we'll see in a few weeks, something is going to derail it. I, I know it's coming. In the meantime, speaking of um, of, of Southern hospitality, derailing. Yes. <laughs> Bob Sparkplug Holly versus the Brooklyn Brawler. Yay! The bad breath jokes um, continue. I wrote as a footnote to that line, and I, mean, I watched it on a Saturday, mind you, the day before Double or Nothing. I wrote, so glad Double or Nothing was this weekend. I was reading it in the past tense, knowing that I was going to enjoy the show. <laughs> it makes it, it helps. The, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down in the most delightful way. Mm-hmm. So I think watching this, knowing that, okay, we've got Double or Nothing, that'll be fine. Krusty is that'll coming. Krusty is coming. Krusty is coming. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a very basic match, but it's a background for, for more bad breath jokes and all that. Barbecue breath, apparently, according to Vince. Oh, is that, was, is that a JR insult? I think it is. I don't get why barbecue breath would be a bad thing. Surely the barbecue smell quite nice. It's a world day. I'll be having barbecue today. Matter of yeah, hours. Yeah, you having a cookout? Sure, I'm going to, going to see the fam. Probably going to have burgers and dogs. The traditional American cookout. Ah, oh, that's lovely. We are celebrating the bank holiday in the UK by complaining about how hot it is and drinking warm beer. That's how we do it. <laughs> well, you celebrate how you celebrate. And getting annoyed that the shops have shut early. <laughs> <laughs> a tradition unlike any other. And I can't cash a check. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till Tuesday. Why is it? I remember, I remember somebody said to me, is um, the bank's open on bank holiday? Said, no, think about it. Think about it. <laughs> Why would they not be open on bank holiday? It's like one of those where, where do they bury the survivors question? And they come back to an hour later. It is, isn't it? They come back to an hour later. It's like, well, how deep are the holes? <laughs> so Holly, Holly hits the usual nice head scissors at one point. Let's Brawler have some offense for a while before Brawler falls victim to what I put the BDK ITB, which is best rock kick in the business. Yeah, look at him go. That gets two, but then the flying body press finishes Brawler off. It was there. Good little match. Did the job. Puts our boy over. Next week, we have the Allied Powers versus King Kong, Bundy, and Tatanka. And then... A... <laughs> the, the the sound of your voice as she said. <laughs> well, not just the fact that this match is about as appetizing as a doorstop. <laughs> We're going to have a bait and switch in a matter of 20 minutes. Oh, really? You watched the show, didn't you? I know. I'm playing along. Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I know this is boring, but come on. Professional here. And, and, 
And then I wrote verbatim. Speaking of exciting, here's some bomb hog footage. A sentence that I've never <laughs> written before and that I never hope to write again. They were really pushing this match as uh, as like a big deal. Like, and and it's and again, it's another example. Like I love Adam Bomb, but it shows you how thin they are on the ground when like this is a a major angle they're carrying over to their flagship TV shows. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I haven't seen. An, a less interesting bomb versus Henry things or an Adam versus Henry thing since uh Adam since Pachi and I argued over content that one time. Go <laughs> <laughs> we'll get this, let me write it. Well, if you, you insist. So we get footage of Henry Gowan drinking his own slop. Well that was appetizing. <laughs> we gotta make sure it didn't It's a good night of the wrestling, isn't it? Uh, this may surprise you, Tom, but the company wasn't doing well at this point, and they're, and they're losing their audience. <laughs> it may surprise you, Tom, but the company's on its ass at this point. <laughs> like, 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 are you amazed that Nitro did a big number for its debut in September? People wanted the freaking alternative. People were desperate for more wrestling. <laughs> hey, let me just say, thank God I had ECW. Thank God I had ECW. You were a lucky boy in Philly, weren't you, to have EC Dub? Oh my God! And, he, and even Smoky how, Mountain. How on some, necessary was that? On some remote Atlantic City station, we got Smoky Mountain on Saturdays. Oh boy! I was in hog, good shout. That. I was in pun not intended hog heaven. <laughs> so we see the footage. The match ends in a double countout with Henry Gowan and Adam Bomb on superstars, but it ends with Henry Adam Bomb being slopped. Boy, sign me up for this match when it happens. Yeah, how are you not excited for uh, for the big slopping? They 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 they're devoid. They 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 really like Henry O. Mm. Uh, I know. They should give it Henry. They should give it Henry Godwin the um. Uh, <laughs> they should give him the um, boogeyman's clocks. So we call him sloppy seconds. Oh. You can slap the clock. So you can... Can't slap the clock. Can't slap the clock. Can't slap the clock. Can't if I could turn back time, I would book this show better. I'd book this show differently. Was that Cher or Bruce? Yes. <laughs> Sing glory days. My... My share impression kind of becomes your lad off of um, off of Pearl Jam. Oh, Eddie Vedder. At the same time. That's him. That's him. <laughs> Even flow for a party Oh, he don't know. So he chases them away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorite is Jeremy, that bit where he goes, clearly I remember picking on the boy. There's a song on YouTube called Yellow Leadbetter. It's, it's from Pearl Jam. Someone dubs dubs the correct quote unquote lyrics in. <laughs> and we're on a leave girlfriend. No. Anyway, enough having fun. Let's get, <laughs> get, get, the, get the Henry Goblin wrestling. Stop having fun. Henry Gowan versus Barry Horowitz. Noticeable pop for Horowitz <laughs> at this point. We're building him. We're building him. 
Lawler makes a commentary error here. He says Doc Rivers instead of Doc Hendricks. Doc Rivers was a then NBA player who is now an NBA coach and coach of. But Mike. he plays it. He plays it off as uh, as Vince buggering up and not him. Yes, which is quite cute. Doc Rivers is the coach of my of my 76ers who are currently stomping the Washington Wizards. So if they blow the series, blame me for jinxing them. They're Sixers. <laughs> um. And to tie it further into wrestling, Joel Embiid, the Sixers star, did a crotch shot the other night during a game. I saw this. Triple H retweeted it. Yes. And Embiid's a star. He's the man. So anyway, Harvard gets a pop for doing an arm drag. They had something here, and they were starting to realize it a little bit. Vince, Vince, push it. Make sure to note that he has yet to win. Pushing it harder. We get mm-hmm. Barry Chance. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> Not you. No offense, Mr. Harwoods, but I see what qualifies as excitement in Danville, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> like the annual Blueberry Pie Festival. <laughs> That's our big event. We, all the celebrities come out for that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we make it. That's where we make the big bucks. So we get some hog futures jokes from DiBiase and Involved you guys in Henry Godwin because it's a clever pun in their eyes. And uh, <laughs> Harvest mounts a comeback, misses a drop kick, gets slop dropped, and that's it. Gosh darn it, he lost again. Oh. He'll never win. I hope he wins one day. That would be nice. I, I mean, what are the odds of him being, like, like say, a, a former NWA world champion in the prime of his life? Non existent. Exactly. Man. Non bloody existent. Meanwhile, furious. And to me, this is this next part the best part of the whole show because there's so much to unpack here. Okay. Now Henry Godwin's theme, if you remember, is just the plinking of a banjo, very softly, bow, 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 and just that pick, 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 pick. Not exactly a Grammy winner here. Not exactly with my baby tonight. While this, while this song is still playing, in the back of the audience, Barry the Dud Dudinsky has found two fans to wear shirts with him. Oh, God. A male and a female. Oh, no. And this female, this young woman, could not look more mortified if, if you had told her that her car was being towed. <laughs> she didn't look like she was having a very good day. No, she was... I've seen department store mannequins with more expressions than what this woman had. This woman had just had abject horror, and that was it. <laughs> How do they pick these people? Uh, they're like a lineup. Um, I guess they have a raffle. Give me the worst one you can find immediately. <laughs> I guess they have a raffle. <laughs> and whoever they pick last has to do it. <laughs> There's like 1,500 people to choose from. Come on. So, Barry's wearing a Bigelow shirt. The guy's wearing an Adam Bomb shirt, and the woman's wearing a Sean shirt from two years ago. I guess they're clearing out inventory. It was... <laughs> they're just getting it all gone, aren't they? As, as, a, as I see these two in in their WF-approved shirts, I wonder what WF shirts they had on underneath. Oh, I reckon uh, Hogan shirts, just to piss everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> could have been Hogan, could have been, I don't know, Bunkhouse Buck. I wore a Bunkhouse Buck shirt. Do you have a Bunkhouse Buck shirt? I said I, I would if I had one. Oh, I thought you had one. Let's see if Mance Warner can hook me up with one. <laughs> Pride a buck snort. Get Mance on it. So meanwhile, it. Uh, all of this is going on while Henry Gomez team is playing 
So we have this wonderful image of a horrified woman in the Shawn Michaels t-shirt that she does not want to wear. Well, big, 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 big. Bow, 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 bow. Look terrified. And then Barry. Now, I realize I mangle my English sometimes because I'm, I'm not the most eloquent speaker. Barry says the following words in sequence. Bam Bam Bigelow is on fire and so can you be. <laughs> that was a Ralph Wigan me feel English moment. <laughs> oh, Barry. Do you know what? Barry's kind of got the same look about him that I must say Adnan Verk had for quite a few weeks on Raw. That kind of deer in the headlights. I'm just I'm just trying to follow orders the best I can, but the orders are really confusing. <laughs> These sort of, uh, I'm going to Kinkos to Martin up and, and, and copy my resumes. <laughs> that sort of look of, I don't think this is working out. <laughs> no. Meanwhile, the poor guy who has the atom bomb shirt has to hold up the mini Nerf football atom bomb bomb thing. Was he, was he, no, it was the guy wearing the Bam Bam Bigelow shirt. Who, who The Bam Bam Bigelow shirt that was apparently one size fits all. Like... <laughs> I've never known a t-shirt that is one size fits all. That's because <laughs> well, sure it'll dwarf some and it will stretch like Marge's face on others. <laughs> it'll just be like a, a halter top on some people. It fits. It's a halter top. <laughs> Define fits. <laughs> it's, it's wearable. One size can be worn, worn with speech marks around it. <laughs> it's either a poncho or a neck warmer. <laughs> Depending on who you are. Use it to mop your brow, you fatty. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sid makes his entrance while all this is going on. So we go from bam, 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 bam to the psycho theme. <laughs> this is a trip at it, this show. This is like 1995 in a nutshell. Mm. And there's a whole lot of nothing going on here, and it's amazing. Meanwhile, DiBiase hits the ring. Hog's still at ringside. You best give him some sort of signal <laughs> by, by tapping his pocket. This is this is right for me when Henry Godwin was in there and they allude and then obviously then what happens after this where Ted DiBiase is clearly interested in Henry Godwin for the million dollar corporation that's when I went corporation's dead corporation's dead if if Ted DiBiase has gone I'll tell you what my ramshackle bunch of knobheads needs right we've got Tatanka we've got Karma we've got Nikolai Volkov. We need another heavy hitter. Henry Godwin, the pig farmer. That'll do. <laughs> I could not be less excited if Vince had told me, you're going to help me inventory this entire department store. <laughs> There's and no... they've given us new signage. Sorry, that's a Superstore quote. I started watching that this week. Thanks, Mark McKinney. <laughs> He's good How many that. other kids in the hall can you impersonate? <laughs> <laughs> Just McKinney. So, so it's Sid versus Big. I hate Cloud Nine. <laughs> That's not a bad impression, actually. I hate Cloud Nine. Here's my McKinney. I'm crushing your head. I'm crushing your head. That's <laughs> a good one. I crushed your head. What? What a throwback. Indeed. Speaking of throwbacks, Sid versus Bigelow in what could have been no. a in what could have been a good match in theory. You realize Herb Abrams employed these two guys. <laughs> oh, but yeah, but Herb was off his tits on everything. I, I don't think he's a bellwether for <laughs> who should be employed in wrestling. If Vince had hired Herb in 95, he would have brought excitement to the show. 
If, if he'd hired Herb in 95, I would have watched... Yeah, commentary would have been amazing. Mm. It'd, it'd, it'd have been... Commentary would have been Vince McMahon shouting what a manoeuvre whilst Herb Abram spent 20 minutes talking to a potted plant. Herb's a, <laughs> Herb a cross between Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Binky the Clown. <laughs> Cutting promos on everybody. <laughs> Go on, I'm Binky. glad you got busted up. <laughs> if, if, if you never watch Blackjack Brawl, you owe it to yourself one time. I think that Vince would either have been... They'd have either been best friends or worst enemies. There's no in-between. They'd have either been best of like the closest of chums or just despised each other. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. It would have been like a um, Johnny and Mark relationship from the room, I think. Yes. <laughs> oh hi Mark. How was your sex life? <laughs> oh hi Herb. Or is or is Herb Johnny? I'm not sure. Did not hit her, I did not. So <laughs> this, this I wrote this just to amuse myself. Henry Godwin blocks Bigelow's entrance a la Zeus with Hogan. <laughs> I know which one, I know which version No Holds Barred I'd rather see. <laughs> this, this is No Holds Barred or No Holds Allowed. <laughs> no fucks given. <laughs> no ratings to be seen. No interest whatsoever. John, <laughs> no holds barred poster featuring Bigelow and Henry O. <laughs> Can you rename the film No Fucks Given? <laughs> so while Henry and Bigelow are, are, are sizing each other up in the aisle, Vince yells, We want to see the match with Sid. Do we? <laughs> I, I, I'm not bothered about anything here, Vince, I'll be honest. Does anyone tell the truth on this show at all? <laughs> First Todd, now Vince. Just all compulsive liars. <laughs> Dirty liars, all of them. We get these slugfests in the aisle way. Bigelow has the fire bands, but doesn't use them as a weapon. What's the point of even having the, the fire shooting wristbands? I'd have blasted Godwin's eyebrows off, I would have done. You're like, you're like Hadouken! <laughs> yeah, I'd have Hadouken that weird farmer man. <laughs> Picture Henry Godwin on Street Fighter. All these impressive characters, and here's a hog farmer from Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> Except Ehan, it's E-Tractor. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking of E Honda fighting a tractor in Street Fighter. Sid's running yelling boot makes this worthwhile. He goes, ah, and runs up and kicks Bigelow. <laughs> I quite like the running. There was there was two distinct moves from Sid in this match. It was the running boot and um choke slab 004, which I think he hit on Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> it's um it's turned into a Monty Python sketch before our eyes. He gets shouting floor smash. He goes, ah, and then drops the arm. Ah, and then drops the arm. It's, <laughs> Sid, it's like Sid's it's doing his big tribute to Iron Mike Sharp during this entire match. I try to be as loud as possible. <laughs> He's a very loud man this week. See, I think Sid's calling the spots. So he's trying to yell while he does it in order to distract from the fact he's calling the spots. Uh, club, uh, club. <laughs> ah, weird choke slam. <laughs> I couldn't say it once. Almost, I, I pretended I was coughing. I was having a <laughs> weird choke so, a lot of shouting offense. Bigelow misses an Enzu Geary. Sid gets a big foot. Back and break. The camel clutch is applied. The Sid recliner. 
which big electric chair is his way out of. Of course, Sid can't land flat on his back, so he takes an ass bump out of, an, out of a freaking electric chair, which I've never seen before in my life or since, I don't believe. And, and, and then I wrote alleged choke slam from Sid. It, it was more big- trade descriptions act choke slam. <laughs> It was more big than pretending like he was on a swing trying to throw himself off and then he just plopped down. Sometimes Sid can do a good choke slam. He has a very weird selection of choke slams though. Well Bigelow's three sixty, so he wasn't he wasn't getting them super high. Yeah, true. Mm. Well Bigelow makes the comeback. He has Sid dead the rights. And then he goes to the top rope. But Henry Gallon pushes him off the top. So Sid just crawls over and pins him. That's your main <laughs> event heel. <laughs> He's a coward, isn't he? That's why. Lawrence Taylor didn't need help to beat Bigelow. Sid does. <laughs> Do you not see the problem? The problem is is massive at this particular point. What a match. Well, I don't see and in your house Godwin too. is part of the lads. I don't see uh, in your house too doing a great buy rate, deal. Well, unless people want to see a coward get his comeuppance. I don't know now. Apparently, Henry Gowan is in the uh, corporation, which which really adds to the prestige of the group. But but wait, there's more because remember when Sid gave Bigelow a really bad power bomb a month ago or two months ago, whatever the hell it was. Well, uh, oh yes, he's going to top that by giving Bigelow what 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 appears to be an, an unintentional Tiger Driver ninety one, something out of an all Japan twenty minute finish. And Bigelow just almost gets folded in half again. Stop yeah. trying to power bomb Bam Bam. We'll get a video for the Special Olympics and WF's involvement with that. The Special Olympics stuff, I've got to talk about this very briefly because there's there, there is an unintentionally funny moment in this where obviously they talk about like they're representing all around the world in the Special Olympics and they show the moment. They have the bravery to show the moment where the Portuguese team... Met Aldo Montoya, Portuguese man of war, well, aka PJ Polacco from from New York. Well, I think he actually is of Portuguese descent, which I guess counts for something. Oh, that's all right. I thought this might have been um, uh, another incident, like with Winter Tonka got his got his feathers. That's <laughs> Jay Strongbow fading into the background. Yeah, it's um, it's. I mean, I get it. I mean, somebody had to. You wouldn't have as much representation there, so I guess it was ultimately harmless. And it didn't really matter who you put with them as long as it's a feel-good moment and be encouraging to one another. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, don't get me wrong. I I, I love it. And, I, and WWF always done a great job with doing stuff at the Special Olympics. I really like it. I just found it funny how, obviously, whilst he's of descent, he is like he is like a New Yorker. And I can imagine the Portuguese team going up to Aldo Montoya going, you represent us? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, hola. <laughs> It's definitely a well, fade into bushes. I, th- I think in this case, it was good intentions. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Wow. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. As they're going to be in Whalen Mercy's hands. <laughs> and yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday Night Raw debut. Lives could very well be in the hands of this most unusual athlete making his Monday Night Raw debut. Unusual is the word. Take a look at that forehead. It's a dagger tattooed on there, isn't it? Yes, but he pretends to be extremely polite. He uh, addresses everyone in the audience. He'll get in the rings, uh, so I'm told, and shake hands with his opponent, even with the official. Yes, there it is. Hey, he may just be a nice guy, you know? I don't believe so. No, I think you're going to see one of a kind. Stay tuned. We'll find out. Then we come to what I believe is the real main event of this show. Oh, yes. Waylon Mercy versus 17-year-old Jeff Hardy. Yay! One of these two. A future WWE Hall of Famer versus Jeff Hardy. I was going to say, one of these two is a future WWE champion. Will it be Big Scary Dan Spivey? Or the guy with or the guy with the plain white tights and the vanilla ice hair? It's funny, isn't it? It's <clears> funny. <throat> see, see, you see, Matt's theme song goes dun 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 dun. Whereas my theme song goes dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> so, Mer- so mercy for those of you who haven't been following along. This is Dan Spivey basically knocking off the character of uh, Max Cady from the Cape Fear movies. More and more astutely, the Robert De Niro version, creepy Southerner with jet black hair, bug eyes, all, all these prison style tattoos. He wears a Hawaiian shirt and white pants. Speaks in a very peaceable manner, but yet there's a very sinister side of it. It's not so deep beneath the skin. It doesn't do a whole lot to hide it except for give out these very artificial handshakes to people. Hi, how you doing? Whale of Mercy here. Shakes hands with the referee. Shakes hands with Jeff Hardy. Shakes hands with random fans. He's a big, peaceable guy. But you know that it ain't going to take much for something fierce to come flying out. And sure enough, as soon as the match begins, he's hyper-aggressive with Hardy. A lot of vicious kicks. Like This, this is like a, an alley beating. We get this great inside-out self from a clothesline where Jeff Hardy bumps like a maniac off of it. Like, if, if his goal was to make Mercy look like a killer, he was doing it. Yeah. 
It's partly diluted by Lola promoting the Star Wars trilogy during the match. None. Yeah, a little bit. They could have maybe just focused on Waylon for this. Oh, they should have. Mm-hmm. So, as Jeff Hardy does a flipping sell off of a hot shot, we learned it. <clears throat> We're doing a bait and switch for that tag match that we just announced 20 minutes ago. Next week, the Allied Powers versus Tatanka and Henry Godwin. Oh, what? No, Bundy. No, Bundy. I ain't giving you any of my Monday <laughs> if I don't get Bundy. I'm not giving my Monday either. I'm watching something else. So why, why tease it for the sake of, like, a show? I know. It's just like <laughs> you make this video and then you just change your mind. Is it just like, I don't know whether they, whether they felt the need to advertise a tag match for next week, but didn't want to give away that Henry O. Godwin was joining the Million Dollar Corporation. This was all done at the same right. taping. It's not like Bundy got sick and you had to change course in the, in the, in the interim. Exactly. Corporation's so dead. Yeah, this is... so dead. <laughs> this was the original retribution. <laughs> no retribution. <laughs> This is, this is revulsion. <laughs> I, I made sure to write my. I made sure to write my, my in my notes. Stop detracting from Mercy's debut. <laughs> yes, please. Let's focus on on the the greatness that is Waylon Mercy. Great character, mm-hmm. great music, mm-hmm. great like aura. Mm-hmm. The wrestling, not um, a few like a few choice moves, but you can tell he's lost some steps oh, sure. from he, his heyday. He's older and he's a bit better from working in all Japan and various other territories. But he does get this brain buster DDT that looks horrifying. Mm. Like there's just the way he snap dropped on it. I mean, it's Jeff Hardy, so he's, he's taken much worse bumps in his life. And he would take much worse bumps in his life. Many, oh, many, many ones. Many, many more. I'm, I'm starting to think that this mercy is merciless. Oh... They'll be wailing mercy when they're done with them. Ah, I see what you did there. It's almost like it's a pun. So, so, after that brainwashed DT kills Jeff dead, Mercy pulls him up and puts him in a sleeper hole while bugging his eyes out. Like I mean, just like he, he was trying—he was trying to subconsciously pop his own eyes out of his out of his head while applying this hold. He's just happy to be choking this guy unconscious. This this guy was money. So good, and then like and like, so he goes like he's so wired during the match. He wins the match, calmly back to his feet, shakes the referee's hand, mm-hmm. and makes his way out. Just like he's a, he's a machine during the match. He's just a just, he's just a he's more psycho than Sid. Yeah, he's a proper psycho. Mm-hmm. He's socio Sid. Like he's he knows mm-hmm. a psychopath like doesn't have all their faculties. A sociopath knows what they're doing. He's socio Sid. Mm-hmm we will call him this man was years ahead of his time this should have been nathan jones's gimmick if you, if you could have pulled yeah. it off and then vincent man though unfortunately has to shoe in something to make sure that we don't like him because vincent man starts referring to him as a con man oh, he's, he's... on commentary and he's not a con man he's just unhinged like, yeah he hasn't he hasn't deceived anybody he comes out and shakes hands and then he batters jeff hardy shakes hands again he's a sociopath He's not a con man. Maybe he's a little dishonest, but he's, he's not like he's trying to like you know steal your wallet or anything. He's just he's nuts. It's Vince trying to paint like the Mona Lisa with five colors, <laughs> and and like and it means that you have to make these broad strokes and go. Ah, oh, he's clearly a con man. He's just he's not deceitful, really. He's just sociopathic, <laughs> and yeah. that's great. 
Like, that's a great character. It was a handshake for for Mike Kyoto that really made it afterwards because Kyoto was even like creeped out by the guy. Yeah, really freaked by a, by a wrestler being nice to a referee. You know what I mean? It's so good. Speaking of great characters, well, or maybe not so great, but well, great big men with unusual characters, we see Jerry Lawler back at the dentist's office in full costume, ter- terrorizing two children who are, who are waiting to see the dentist. You kids have got it all wrong. You don't know Fred the Hitman Hart. I know him better than anybody, and he's a bum. He could have never beat me at King of the Ring on his best day if it hadn't been for those bumbling idiots Hakushi and Shinja. Don't look at me that way. And speaking of looking, what are you looking at, National Geographics? You're too young to be looking at pictures like this. See if there's a map of, you want to talk geography, see if there's a map of Canada in there, because that's where Brett the Hitman Hart lives, way up in Calgary, Canada. But Hitman... You made the mistake of your life when you mess with me. You're going to have to pay the price. You're going to have to come like these kids to the dentist. My own personal dentist, Isaac Yancum, DDS. And whatever you do, don't mispronounce his name, okay? <laughs> what are you here for? You got cavities or are you going to have a tooth pulled? You got bad breath. Oh, is that so? What, you indignant? Oh, that's all right. He's working on it. Isaac Yankum is working on that, just like he's going to work on Brett the Hitman Hart. You see, before he was the world's greatest dentist, he was also a great wrestler. Now, he practices painless dentistry, but he knows about pain, Bret Hart. I remember when he used to get those wrestlers, and he used to take their mouth, and he used to open it real wide. Oh, yeah. Speaking of opening wide, be sure you open... <laughs> See? That's what happens if you don't open wide. It drives him nuts. Hey, and that's what you get for not flossing. <laughs> You're in for a real treat. Have you seen his office yet? Huh? Oh, he's got the greatest, modern, most up-to-date equipment. Except for the drill. <laughs> so get ready. Next. Actually, first, I got, I got to point out, there's some weird saxophone music playing while this is going on. Oh, it's just sort of dentist music, isn't it? I never got music at, at my dentist's office. Oh, they had, like, easy listening music when I was at... I used to go to the orthodontist, and they used to always have, like, easy listening songs on. Uh, maybe. But... To, to calm your mood. But I'm telling you, there's nothing calming your mood when you know you're about to walk into a room where they're going to tighten your braces and potentially talk about you having more teeth taken out. That was my child my teenage years that was i had years of orthodontic treatment because my mouth was a hellhole <laughs> well i assume your dentist was was more caring than yank come here slightly more i had eight teeth out before i was 18 <laughs> i had eight teeth removed because my mouth was such a mess Really? I had this one tooth at the front, this one tooth at the front here, which is all right now. A little bit, little bit janky, little bit janky. I know, British people with weird teeth. Um, it's a little bit janky, but there was a point where this tooth at the bottom middle was literally side on. Like it was trying to scooch past somebody in a doorway. It was that. <laughs> that tooth was doing that. My mouth was buggered. So they had to take teeth out of the bottom. To, in order to relieve like the pressure of the others so the others could grow out a little bit more and and i had braces to help tighten that to help sort of line everything up and every four weeks i'd go back and they take these rudimentary pliers and crank them like three times both sides oh god it was a it was a nightmare we're even more all right now we featured like, in the big book my- of british smiles on the simpsons 
<laughs> I think I'm at the back. <laughs> An early time, I think, was at the back of that. Very I was... poor Ralph. <laughs> so, while Lawler's horrifying these children with, the, with these awful stories of, of how sadistic Yankum is, this guy comes running out of the Yankum's office while holding his mouth in pain, which, which, which was a nice touch. That was nice. That I like that. So then Yankum steps out of the office. We see Kane for the first time on WF <gasps> programming. That's gotta be Kane. It's gotta be Nova Kane. Kane. That's gotta be Nova Kane. <laughs> and with his nasty gingivitis riddled teeth, he looks down at the kid <laughs> and goes, "Next." You gotta admit that's a good touch. Oh the yeah, dentist with I gotta say, freaking it, awful teeth. If this wasn't such an awful character. This would have been a hell of a debut. Because he looked yeah. the part of a scary, scary man. <laughs> I, I would say, through no fault of Glenn Jacobs, his character sucked. Mm-hmm. He had the look and, and he had the energy for it. It was just, it was cartoony. That was the only thing. Glenn threw, Glenn threw himself into that role. You couldn't have asked for much more of him. Exactly. Concur 100%. Next week's show, we have Sabio Vega. The roadie will be in action. Ally Powers versus Tatanka and Henry Godwin. So why promote Bundy? I, I, I don't get it. We get the <laughs> slow-mo of the shitty choke slam, And eventually the slow-mo of the shitty power bomb to remind all of us that Sid cannot pick up a 360-pound man and do his two main moves. I'm about you. Because he's a coward. I can't wait for the second in your house. <laughs> it's looking a bit spicier than the first one, and it's already looking better than King of the Ring. But that's the, the as we say, the bar is incredibly low on this particular pepper view. Yeah, this is a this really is um well main event I'm not looking forward to, but the rest of it looks like an all right show. It does look like an all right show. You know what? This has been an all right show as well. As just as Justin Henry finally sends me a message through for the men sent me a while ago. <laughs> Professor Gallagher and his controversial this is a far side comic Professor Gallagher and his controversial technique of simultaneously confronting his fear of heights snakes and the dark and it's a picture of a guy being lifted up in a box in a room full of snakes the best part is the uncaring look on the doctor's face (laughs) that's a very that's a very very laissez-faire far side doctor oh I like that the blank expressions always make it (laughs) <laughs> I don't think we can top that as a, as a way to end the podcast so I think we end it there <laughs> yes, we, 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 end up, we end up with a visual that only Tom and I see but you guys can't <laughs> that's, screw the audience that's, a, that, that's our treat for getting through this that's our treat exactly. I might share it on Twitter if you ask me nicely <laughs> so we'll be back next week we're getting close to In Your House too. watch along news coming very soon until then he is at JRH writing I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter <laughs> We are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <gasps> How long till Barry Harwitz wins a match? Love you, bye. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.